How would you feel if your church put a sign outside that said, prostitutes welcome? What about if your preacher found five drunks and brought them to church one Sunday? What would your response be if a gay couple came to church one Sunday morning? For far too many people, in some places, the answer would be to stop going. Today on Rooted Daily, we're going to look at how Jesus addressed a group of people who felt that way about his disciple, Levi. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and in Mark's Gospel, in the second chapter, John Mark tells us about the calling of Levi. And when Jesus found him, Levi was doing the most hated sin the Jewish people could think of, collecting taxes. And while it may be different today, if you're working for the IRS or your country or your state's tax collection agency, then, in Jesus' day, you could not separate that career from sinfulness. It was entirely based on exploitation. The Roman way of collecting taxes, because remember, they couldn't have things like voter rolls and W-2s. There are just too many people to have those kinds of records without uh, computers or even a printing press. So, the Roman way was to place a tax on an area of land, a territory, and send out essentially mercenaries, tax collectors, to collect it however they really saw fit. And the only payment the tax collectors got was whatever they thought was fair to skim off the top. So let's say Gaul, a territory, was responsible for a thousand units of tax. The tax collector would be sent out knocking on doors, collecting it, however, he saw fit. Sometimes he'd come several times in one year and he wouldn't collect $1,000, he'd collect 2000 to make sure that his pockets got lined. And we can say how unfair that is, uh, but it was really the only way this man could eat if he stayed in that profession. Essentially, he had to steal from the people. So it was a career that was inseparable from sinfulness. And it's important to note that there isn't one example in the New Testament of someone becoming a Christian and remaining a tax collector. You could not stay in that profession and be a Christian. They all left the profession when they came to Christ. But here in Mark chapter 2, Jesus goes up to a tax collector. And maybe you can understand why the crowd would be uncomfortable. I mean, he's walking up to an oppressor. Levi's not someone who is hurt and afflicted. No, he is the one who hurts. Not only is he a sinner, but he's a sinner who hurts other people with his sin. And other times when Jesus goes up to someone the world is shunned, we look at it today almost like Jesus is going out of his way to care for the kid who's bullied on the playground. And we feel good about that, right? Jesus is sticking up for the little guy. But here, Jesus is going up to the bully. Here, Jesus shows that no matter who you are or where you're from or, or what you've done, if you're willing to come when he calls, Jesus can redeem you. Turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 2, verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. And as he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. 
And when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why? Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, remember, everything Jesus stood for was the opposite of the greed that drove these people to become tax collectors. But when Jesus chose his 12 disciples, you discover they were an eclectic group. He had some fishermen, farmers. He had a disciple called Simon the Zealot. More literal translation would be Simon the Terrorist. He had been a part of a group of uh, insurgents called Zealots who carried out random acts of, of violence against the Romans. And so he had Levi here, who's a Roman agent, a tax collector, and Simon the Terrorist on the same team. Why? Well, because the wonderful thing about Jesus is he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And everyone he calls, he makes it possible for us to work in unity, no matter how different we are. Then in verse 15, Jesus sits down with some of Levi's tax collecting sinful friends. And imagine that. Jesus, he reaches out not only to the town bully, and not only does it change Levi's life, but Levi brings him to all of his friends. But of course, this is a big no-no for the Pharisees and the scribes. You know, the problem with the scribes and the Pharisees wasn't their adherence to God's law, but their rabbinic traditions added to God's law. And they may have been well-intentioned. They held those traditions, though, on an even par with God's law. And people who did not meet their uh, exacting, meticulous rules based upon those traditions added on top of God's law were considered outcasts to be shunned. But Jesus looks like he feels more at home sitting at a table with a bunch of outcasts than he did at a table with a bunch of religious snobs who couldn't be pleased. In Luke chapter 7, verses 33 through 34, Jesus points out that John the baptizer was criticized as demonic because he was ascetic. He fasted often and because he had not taken, uh, or because he had taken the, the Nazarite vow, he, he did not drink alcohol. And then now they're here criticizing Jesus because he was the opposite in a lot of ways. He didn't often fast. He drank this wine that the tax collectors had and served in moderation. He loved to hang out with misfits and eat with them, which again was a big no-no to a Pharisee. You did not eat with tax collectors and sinners ever. That was their problem. Rather than love these people and try to reach them, they shunned them. But Jesus loved them. He accepted them. And he even showed respect to them when they didn't deserve it. And he confronts the Pharisees for their self-righteousness in verses 16 through 17. He told them, those who are well have no need of the physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. You know, understand Jesus, he didn't call his followers, he didn't call his church to be a quarantine zone. You know, imagine a hospital where the one rule was that no germs are allowed inside. Imagine a hospital where the doctors say, well, this has been a, a very successful day because I wasn't infected. My patients were loaded with filthy germs, but I kept them all outside. And they all died, but I didn't touch any of them. I didn't get infected. You know, we, that's ridiculous. We were not called to avoid infection. You know, so many people act like 
that's the case. They act like these Pharisees and they try to put as much distance between them and the people God called us to minister to as they can. You know, we say, well, well, Christians, we shouldn't be seen hanging out with bad people, with these bullies. Christians shouldn't be able to eat at the same table as oppressors, like tax collectors in the Roman Empire. And it's true, we can't tolerate bullying. We can't tolerate oppression. But the mission Jesus has put before us is to show the world that even the most evil oppressors can be transformed by the gospel. To consider our lives a success if we just avoid the infection carried by sinners is to make a mockery of the cross. You know, we live in a world where sin and where suffering and where pain is contagious. It's true. And so we learn to keep our distance. If we get too close to somebody, we might get infected by their pain. It may not be convenient, or it may be convenient, it may be comfortable, but we cannot wash the feet of a dirty world if we refuse to get close. Leonard Sweet wrote, uh, when the church stops looking out for the little guys or caring for the bottom heap or specializing in the forgotten, the freaks and the mistakes, it has ceased being the church. Now, I think that's true. Just like Jesus did, God calls us, his church, to not avoid but meet those the world runs away from. Maybe that's the one on the playground who all the other kids point and mock at. You know, we see examples like that with the man with leprosy where Jesus went to him and he touched him when no one else would. But other times, we're called to the ones doing the pointing, doing the mocking, the bullies, the oppressors, the evil people, not because we like what they do, but because we trust that the gospel has the power to cause a 180 and even the most evil person. And understand, sin's not the only thing that's contagious. So is faith. Faith is contagious too. That's why Jesus went to Levi. The Pharisees and the scribes taught to keep your distance from evil people like a tax collector. Because if you get too close, oh, he may start to wear off on you. But Jesus knew that as dangerous as Levi's sins were, there is something even more infectious. The gospel is greater than sin. And so Jesus sat with tax collectors and sinners, the bullies and the oppressors of his day, because he didn't come to help the healthy, but the sick. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and wanna make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.